This podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode to learn more about how you can join me for these live virtual events. Welcome to the Virtual Healing Circle with me, Jen Fable of LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight we're going to talk about how to give feedback that doesn't suck or piss people off. When we talk about things like boundaries, we say that, well, it's out of my realm of control. When we're setting a boundary, we're doing our best to state our needs and the other person's behavior is not something that we can have any say in. However, when we're giving feedback, we're specifically wanting to say something that has some sort of a measurable impact on another person's actions or behaviors. And since we can't control people, how can we go about saying it in a way that they can receive? Because if they don't receive the feedback, it won't land. So tonight, my job is to talk to you about how to actually give feedback in a way that feels good for you and is really important and impactful for the other person. So why is this important? This is important because giving feedback is how we create connection with each other. It's how we adapt and grow with each other. It is the cornerstone of communication. It is how we guide the young. It is how we teach. It is how we coach. It is how we live. This is important because without giving effective feedback, you're always going to end up in a cycle of feeling unheard and misunderstood, as will the other person. And this is important because most of the time, when you think that you need to share your feelings or set a boundary, what you actually need to do is offer feedback. So let's start, as always, with what feedback is not. Feedback is not constructive criticism. We're going to talk about all this a little bit more. Feedback is not a conversation about emotions or your feelings. Feedback is not about telling someone that they're wrong or that they screwed up. And feedback is not setting a boundary. That is a different type of conversation. If you want a recap of boundaries, you can get a recap from last week's podcast. So let's talk about this idea of constructive criticism. When I'm running any kind of workshop, I always like to say, who here likes constructive criticism? And inevitably, there's at least a few people in the group whose hands pop up and like, me, I love constructive criticism. And I always look at them. And if this applies to you in Circle Tonight or on the podcast, I have one word for you. Bullshit. Bullshit. No one likes to be criticized, whether it's positive or constructive or otherwise. There is no world in which you enjoy being criticized. You understand logically that it is helpful to you, but you don't like it. And the reason for that is because it's not safe. So you have an unconscious mind, the part of you that's out of your awareness, and it does things like it runs your immune system, it makes sure your heart is beating, it makes sure all is well. And its highest prime directive is that it wants to keep you safe. Its job is to keep you safe. Allowing other people to criticize you, constructively or otherwise, is not safe. And so any kind of criticism, constructive or otherwise, will always lead to resistance. Which is fancy for saying that your feedback is going to bounce right off of them. So trying to say, oh, well, it's constructive criticism and put this veneer that somehow it's okay doesn't make it feel any better. So when you give feedback in this way, it will always activate a deep shame protocol on the other person, or rage, or both. 
and it will lead to at least a partial and sometimes a full rejection of the information being offered, which means you're not being effective. If you're offering some sort of feedback and the other person's not hearing you, not receiving it, then you're not having any kind of measurable impact on another person's actions or behavior, and that's the intention of giving feedback. So constructive criticism, useless at best, damaging and hurtful at its worst. So let's talk about these different kinds of conversations, because we get these mixed up a lot. So there are three main types of conversations when we're talking about interpersonal relationships. There are conversations about feelings, there are conversations about boundaries, and there are conversations about feedback. So let's go through these one by one. So conversations about feelings, these are really good when you want to vent, when you want to unload, when you've got this tidal wave of emotion and you're just like, I just need to get this out of me. Conversations about feelings are great when you're hanging out with your friends or when you're with someone that you're close to. Setting boundaries around not just verbally vomiting your emotions on every stranger who's in your vicinity would be a good one to put into your life if that's a habit that you have. Conversations about feelings very rarely lead to a solution. I'm going to say that one again. A conversation about your feelings very rarely leads to a solution. It's not designed for that. It's designed to vent. And someone else can't really do anything about your emotions because they're yours. And oftentimes when the other person tries to help you, sometimes it's helpful, sometimes you get annoyed. How many times do we tell people in our lives, particularly partners, I don't want you to solve my problems for me, I just want you to listen to me vent. So conversation about feelings is about venting your emotions, and that is absolutely wonderful. I do advise that when you have these kinds of conversations, you ask permission. You say something like, hey, I'm having a feely day, can I just vent right now? So that they know what's going on. And then always remember to show some appreciation afterwards. Thank you so much for letting me vent. Conversations about boundaries. This is what we talked about last week. So these kinds of conversations are useful for when you want to give voice to your desires without any expectation. Remember, you don't set a boundary for the purpose of getting someone else to change because you can't. That has to be up to them. You set a boundary because you deserve to hear yourself give voice to your desires. And if you don't give voice to them, then for sure the other person can't adjust. And if you do, you at least give them a chance. Boundary conversations are great when you need to draw a line in the sand, when you need to say, okay, enough, this is no longer okay. And conversations about boundaries are not meant to change another person's behavior. If you set a boundary with the intention of making someone else change, that's manipulation. They'll smell it a mile away. So how do you get someone to actually change? This is where you have a feedback conversation. A feedback conversation is designed to inspire change in another person's behavior. They have free will. They can reject or accept anything you say. You cannot make them do anything. And if you present it in a helpful way that they won't resist, that they can take in, you have a better chance of actually making an impact and influencing someone else's behavior. Conversations about feedback are useful when you want to let another person know how they can do a better job at meeting your needs and your expectations. Otherwise, how will they know? Often what we do is we say nothing, and we silently stew, and they don't read our mind and get it right, and then when it's all fallen apart, we're like, fine, I shall come in and set a boundary. And the other person's like, I don't know what the hell just happened. You've been quiet this whole time. I don't get it. So conversations about feedback are about giving people an opportunity 
to meet your needs. While there's boundaries are about stating what your needs are, feedback is where you let them know whether or not they're doing a good job at that or not and where you'd like to see some changes. Which means conversations about feedback are really good for building teamwork. They're really good for intimacy and they're really good for connection. So then what is feedback? Feedback is an opportunity to provide guidance and support to a fellow human being. It's about allowing you to inspire change without any kind of power struggle, without any kind of right or wrong, without any kind of damaging criticism, regardless of how you frame it. Feedback is a valuable process for both of you. It allows you to get your voice heard. It allows them to know where you stand or when they stand in relationship to you, which is why it's the cornerstone of most human interactions. And feedback is about feeling seen, about feeling heard and understood. So where we tend to go wrong. One, instead of giving feedback, we set a boundary or share our feelings. And then we wonder why the other person didn't really hear us and didn't do anything about it. I'm really hurt when you leave the dishes by the sink. Excellent. Now they know how you feel. They still don't really know what you want or have any feedback about what they need to do to meet your expectations. So it just causes frustration in both of you. We tend to go wrong by thinking people should just know. Or we hint at what we want instead of actually just saying what we want. I was actually working with someone a little while ago and they're like, you know, I really wanted the house to myself. And instead of just saying anything, I just started talking to my husband about, you know, it'd be really nice to just have the whole house to myself for a day. And he's never leaving the house. He just won't leave. I'm like, well, do you actually ask? She's like, no, but he should know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. So when we are thinking people should just know, when we are hinting at what we want, or when we assume that other people think like us, if this is what I think and this is what I would do, then of course a reasonable person would do that too because I'm a reasonable person. So we start to have hallucinogenic kind of conversations in our head without actually involving the people in our lives. So how to give effective feedback. There's something called the feedback sandwich. It is three steps. Step number one, you want to share with the other person what was right, what they did well, what you loved, what you're excited to notice. Next, you're going to say what you want to see more or less of. And finally, you're going to let them know what was right overall. So for example, let's say you come out and you catch your kid who's drawing on the wall. How do you let them know? What can you say? You can say something like, I love your artistic skill. And I would love to see more use of the paper that I bought you for your artwork instead of on the wall. And overall, I'm really excited that you love to draw and you're using the crayons that I bought you. Very different from coming out and having a conversation about emotions. I'm really angry right now. That really upsets me. You know better. Or giving constructive criticism where we tell them what they did wrong. When we tell someone what they did wrong, it will always activate either rage or shame deep, deep down. And then they'll reject the information. Use the feedback sandwich allows us to present the information in a way that's going to be more likely to be accepted by the other person and therefore more likely to have a positive impact. So to make the feedback sandwich work, you always want to aim to give feedback within five minutes. That means if someone does something, you can't wait five weeks, and then in another conversation where they say something, you now drag it up and throw it at them. <laughs> I mean, it's a valid option. And the feedback sandwich works more effectively when you give it in real time. 
So some examples. I love your enthusiasm, and I'd love to see a little more attention to detail. Overall, you worked really hard on it shows. Versus, you know, I, I like that you like tried, and you missed a whole bunch of stuff here, and you missed over that there, and you didn't do this here, and you need to be better at that there. I love your dedication, and I would love to see more participation in meetings. Overall, you're a really great addition to our team. Very different from, hey, you know, you're a really nice person, but I noticed you're really quiet. I want you to talk more in meetings. I love you made me breakfast, and I would love everything to be cleaned up after. And you're a wonderful partner for cooking for me. Versus, thanks for the eggs, but like you left all the dishes in the sink. <laughs> which is human, and it's likely to get their backup. It's likely to get resistance. So using the feedback sandwich allows you to frame your information, frame your feedback, frame your input in a way that the other person is more likely to receive because they have to receive it. They have to be the ones to make the change. If you throw it at them in a way that they'll reject, the chances of them actually allowing their behavior to be modified is much, much less. So some key concepts to remember. Remember that offering constructive criticism is damaging and unsafe and will always be met with resistance. There is no world in which someone feels good after being criticized, constructively or otherwise. And so they're not going to take your information in. They're going to get defensive. They're going to justify. They're going to explain. But they're not going to receive. Remember that feedback is a cornerstone of communication, and it's how you help guide others so that you can get your needs met in a healthy way. And remember that using the feedback sandwich allows you to use your voice in a way that is still in alignment with how you want to show up in the world. No one wants to give constructive criticism because no one wants to be a critical person. And so instead of speaking up and saying anything, we hold back. And when we share it and tell someone what we loved about them, what we'd love to see more or less of, and overall how impressed we are about this person, then we feel good saying it, they feel good hearing it, we feel heard, and they're more likely to actually do something that is more in alignment with what our expectations are. To quote a dog trainer who I once worked with, set them up for success. And as always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. Giving feedback when we think we have to be critical, when we think we have to tell someone what's wrong, when we think we have to be out of alignment with how we want to be, feels gross. Knowing that we can do this in a different way and bringing this new skill set into our life, it's going to feel weird and awkward at first. Because we're humans and everything new feels weird and awkward because that's how our neurology builds and grows. So just decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. And that's always the decision that will take you to the next step. And as always, if you have any questions about anything from tonight's circle or podcast, please know you can always reach out to me through my website at www.livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. How do you think of that in the moment, though? <laughs> Five minutes. Okay. Um... But you also, like, if somebody does something, you're like, oh, I wish to be this. There's also like, sometimes emotion attached to it as well. So you have to kind of put that aside, form sentences, you know, and then, like, deliver it in a nice way. And in the moment, like, how do you, like, I get it's like practice, but what can you do to get there? I love that question. So one, 
Um, this is part of the whole, you know, taking radical responsibility for our emotions idea that we've talked about before, where my emotions are mine and I can feel my frustration and I can process my frustration separately. So what's really cool is you want to provide feedback within five minutes and anger work takes five minutes. So when you're like, oh, I'm getting overwhelmed, I'm getting frustrated, take a time out for yourself. Five minutes is enough to get yourself into a better place. So you want to avoid giving feedback to someone when you're riled up. So if you come to the practitioner training, you'll know that in NLP, in Neuro Linguistic Programming, we don't believe that there are any unresourceful people. There are only unresourceful states. So if you can't find the resources to solve a problem, it means that you're in an unresourceful state, meaning you're feeling emotions that suck. <laughs> when we're feeling anger, when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling sad, our brain is in hijack mode. Our amygdala hijack has happened. Our neurology is like, ah, and so our rational part of our mind is out the window temporarily. And so if you find yourself wild up, go to the bathroom. I love bathrooms. There's doors, there's locks, people leave you alone. <laughs> All you have to do is put your hand on your belly and say, ooh, and then walk away and everyone's going to stay far away from you. <laughs> so go to the bathroom, close the door, take a couple deep breaths. Do some anger work if you have to. If you're not sure what anger work is, you are welcome to get all the resources on my website at livelifeunbroken.com slash anger. Um, so go do something to move your own emotion, to deal with your own emotion, and then get yourself into a nice grounded state. So do like the grounding and bubbling we do at Circle, just right? You want to get yourself calm. Then in that five minutes, you can say, okay, they just like screwed up the entire accounting system and I want to murder them. This is going to take me hours to unwind. I need to kill people. Okay, how do I do this in a positive way? That's where you have that moment. <laughs> in the bathroom, on your own. Radical responsibility, you do it for yourself. And then there you say, okay, all right, what did I love about the situation? I mean, I loved their initiative. They blew it all to hell, but I loved their initiative. So, okay, I love their initiative. Awesome. What do I want to see more or less of? I want to see more attention to detail. I want to see less rushing into things. And I want to see more asking for help for something that is a different skill set. Okay, cool. Um, overall, what I love? Overall, yeah, I love that they tried something new. And now you know what to go say. And then you go to them, you say, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And they go, yeah. And you say, so earlier when we were going over all that, I love that you took the initiative on that project. And I'd love to see more attention to detail. I'd love to see less rushing on it and more asking for help and support because I'm really open to supporting you on this. And overall, you're a great addition to the team. I'm really excited that you were so enthusiastic about it. So that's how you do it. You're allowed to take a couple of minutes. And there is no timer running. If you're like, damn it, it's been six minutes and 23 seconds. Oh, well, you're still welcome to give feedback. You know, ideally keep it within a short time frame. If it so happens that it has no choice but to be a, a week later, because let's say you work different shifts and you don't see the person, so be it. You can still give it. And when possible, aim to do it as soon as you're in a state and as soon as you can do it. How do you know, um, and you might have gone over that, but to kind of pinpoint it, how do you know when you should be giving feedback instead of setting a boundary or sharing? Like, obviously, sharing feelings, like that's just venting, but setting about, like, giving feedback versus setting a boundary. Awesome. So you set the boundary so that they know where the line is, you give them feedback so they know how they're doing. Okay. So what we often do is we set a boundary. We say, hey, 
I appreciate your input and I'd love to just do this on my own. And then they come and they tell us stuff. And we're like, oh, oh my goodness, I set a boundary and they didn't honor it. So you want to set the boundary and then use feedback to let the other person know how they're doing. Otherwise, if you set a boundary and then it's like a, no, no, you didn't obey it. How dare you? That's a wall. That's not a boundary. Remember that boundaries are meant to be flexible. They're meant to be a negotiation, which means when the other person inevitably doesn't do it exactly how you wanted it to be. <laughs> I'm calling me out. <laughs> I'm calling me out. I'm calling every type A. Oh, holla, right? When that happens, you give feedback versus being like, oh, it, you know, they should just know. I've hinted a million times. So feedback is how you let them know how they're doing with your boundary versus just be like, I had a boundary and they didn't listen to me. Well, yeah, help them out a little. Help guide your fellow human being. Help be compassionate. It's a big concept because most of us aren't taught this stuff. We're not taught how to give feedback. We're taught how to give constructive criticism. So when we give constructive criticism, we first we pander and say something that we don't believe and they know we don't believe. Like, hey, you know, you're doing a really good job. But that's the second place we go wrong. We say but, which means everything I just said I didn't believe and I didn't mean anyways. But you didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. But like, we like you. <laughs> What are the chances that that person heard any of the positive in that? And so when that comes in, we're going to feel shamed. Like, oh, I can never do anything right. And as soon as I go into that story, their feedback, not going to help me. Or I go into anger. How dare they? You know, last week they screwed up up theirs. And again, not receiving the feedback, ineffective. When I use the sandwich, I'm presenting it in a way that they can actually receive it. And I'll feel good giving it to them. A good saying, hey, I love how enthusiastic you are. And I would love a little bit more slowing down. You know, a couple of things were missed. And then you can give them sp some specifics. You're welcome to give them some specifics. You're also allowed to let them ask. Right? Well, what is it that I didn't do? Okay. Well, these are the areas that I'd love to see some more improvement in. Overall, like, everything's awesome. You're doing well. When you present it in this way, they're more likely to hear you. They're more likely to understand you. They're more likely to want to adjust their behavior. And that is how you change the people in your life. You can't demand it. You can't form it using boundaries and walls. You have to gently influence it by expressing it in a way that can be received because you want to say it and they like to hear it. So there's a person who works really hard, which is awesome. And on some surfaces that I'd rather be wiped, sprayed and wiped, she like sticks peacocks down. And I'd rather wipe, like, I'd rather not do that. It's not environmentally friendly and it costs more money. So I would like to say thank you for, you know, thank you for cleaning everything up and restocking everything. And Kim will leave the surfaces bare. Like, let's leave the surfaces bare. We'll just, you know, spray and wipe them throughout the day as it's more environmentally friendly this way. And thank you so much for always working so hard. So I love that you thanked them, and I would like to see less thanking and more appreciation. So okay. the first and last part of the sandwich is about saying what you would love. So I love this, and I love that, versus when I say thank you to someone, um, it's easy to just dismiss it when someone says thank you. We're not good okay. in our society at receiving. And so when someone says thank you, we usually just like, eh, 
no problem, no worries. We don't really receive it. We're saying, I really love your attention to detail. That will actually have an impact on them. So while there's nothing wrong with saying thank you, I'd love to see more of an appreciation. And um, everything else was awesome. Thanks. My pleasure. Would it, would it be okay if I say, like, I love it they restocked and cleaned everything? Yeah. Or it's like, oh, awesome, everything is done. And So it would be like, you know, I I love how great you are at cleaning everything up and keeping the room tidy. And I would love to see less use of these disposable things because they're not great for the environment. Uh, and overall, things are looking great. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Did you all notice how I also use the feedback sandwich to offer feedback? I did. <laughs> yeah. And how did it feel to be on the receiving end of that? It was good. Yeah. It, it, it's not making me defensive. Yes. Like when you're talking about the little kid drawing in the wall, the, when you said like, the first example was like, oh, okay. And the kid's going to go draw on the paper. Like that's how it made me feel. And then like the, the K that I got. And the second example, when you're like, they were like, kind of like telling the kid, you know, whatever you said, I was just like, oh, the kid's about to start crying. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good image in my head, right? So yeah. I was like, yeah, it is better. He was like, I would love you to use the paper instead. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Feedback is meant to guide someone else, not to use rage or shame to make them do our bidding. And that's where constructive criticism oftentimes can cross the line. It has a good intention. We stuck the word constructive in there, so it must have a good intention. It's just quite useless. <laughs> it's just, it's not effective. It feels like garbage to give. And so you don't like to give it. And any feedback that you avoid is not effective feedback. Do you want to learn more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time? If so, check out livelifeunbroken.com circle and join my free circle membership. Receive weekly reminders, bonus material and recaps, plus special offers, as well as access to my weekly virtual healing circles. If you're ready to leave behind the fears and limitations of the ego and step into the spiritual life you've long known is waiting for you, you're invited to join me, Jen Fable, for a soul-nourishing journey into the exploration of you, the universe, and all space in between. During our time and circle together, I will share with you all the tips and tricks you need to make playing with energy fun, easy, and most of all, effective. We'll open the space with a candle meditation, and after I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation, and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If your soul has been calling out to you and you're ready to tune in and listen, Go to www.livelifeunbroken.com slash circle and register today for your Zoom access information. That's www.livelifeunbroken.com backslash circle, C-I-R-C-L-E. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next time.